Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Chingo Bling. Have you noticed that we're back at war? Gas prices are up, inflation out the wazoo, the cost of goods. What the hell's going on? We try to make sense of it on this show. We try to bring that common sense. We try to cut through all the propaganda and the BS and give you the trill spill. But if I were to believe it, this is Red Pill Tamales and the show is blowing up. We're reaching more people thanks to listeners like you who put your shoulder to the wheel and contribute directly. Patreon.com forward slash Red Pill Tamales. You get multiple shows a week. You get access to the Discord and you get access to Rob G's uh, illustrious voice. That's right. Every week, four days a week. Patreon.com forward slash Red Pill Tamales. And we'll let it rip. Ladies and gentlemen, we have never missed an RPT. And this is the first time that it's even late, I think. So it, another first is that I have a guest host slash guest on the podcast, Jonathan Copel. What's up, my man? Man, the real gringo. The real cringe, you're right. Dude, do you have a nickname? Does anybody, did anybody ever give you a nickname? Um, When I played intramural soccer in college, I was called El Gringo, but that was like it. So I don't really do nicknames much. And as you said that, you reminded me that you were not only a teacher, but you were a Spanish teacher, right? Uh-huh. That's, That's right. hilarious. I can't wait to get into all that. So I was telling Jonathan before the show started, the audience has grown about double the size of the last time he was on, which was summer of 2021, where things were extremely chaotic and we never thought it could get more chaotic. And yet here we are, right? 20, spring of 2022. And it feels like it's barely starting to get to that point where it's about to pop off. So if everybody isn't, isn't following Jonathan, where can everybody follow you at, bud? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. And, at the main uh, one, right? <laughs> yeah, and Twitter. Okay. Um, at Jonathan Copel. I have a Facebook page that's up for anybody that's a Facebook person. And uh, that's that's really it. Fantastic. Well, as people know, Chingo's on the road. He's literally driving in from Florida because flight prices were so expensive that it made more sense for him in the comics that he rolls with to drive out about two days before the show or the shows, do the shows and then drive back. So right now it's 8 p.m. He's, I think, I don't know, four or five hours away. So it's 16 hours there, 16 hours back. They did two shows. It's a crazy situation, but nonetheless, you were free enough. I wanted to have an alumni on the podcast, kind of guest host and guest with me. And uh, you were the first person I thought of because we haven't talked to you in so long. And here we are. Let's let's just kick it off by giving people a summary of how they may have seen you, because there's that infamous picture, right? That's you and your is it like a blue denimish shirt? Yeah, I used to really like that shirt. Those those one of my favorite shirts. I like that shirt too. <laughs> Unfortunately, I will say that it gives me a Beto Aurora kind of vibe. So I don't know if you've ever gotten that. Bet that's the uh, the guy that wants to take away the ARs. Yeah, Francis, guy. I believe is his real name. Francis. His name's Francis Aurora. Yeah. What a loser. <laughs> um, nah, man. So yeah, that that's the picture. I mean, I was a school teacher for a few years. Getting into the education profession was kind of getting settled into that as a career. And I uh, was getting sick of what I was seeing between my first, the first place I worked at, the kids were just wilding out. Uh, I had kids like threaten me, want to be gangster kids, like just going through stuff. It was rough. Then I got to a better school, in my opinion, where I, I was like, hey, I'm not getting threatened by the kids anymore. But they were like really a little more liberal. And then the COVID stuff was going down. So they had the mask. Um, th there was a lot of just one-sidedness where you had a, it was okay to talk about Joe Biden and, and, oh, I love Joe Biden, but God forbid anybody mentioned anything else, uh, because that was just, you know, that's not okay. And so I saw the kids, they were starting to get, uh, basically and like for real indoctrinated by their teachers, they were getting stuff pushed on them and they were coming to me and, and talking about it. So I, I got to a point, where I was just fed up with it. 
So I went and spoke at a school board meeting and uh, the rest is kind of history that went viral. And I, I kept going to school board meetings for a little while. And I actually just went to one recently um, in support of our bus drivers because the school board is being real stingy with all the millions. They got like $100 million in COVID money they never even spent. And the bus drivers can't afford to put like gas in the in the buses. They can't fix the tires because they're being forced to pay the maintenance and um, the gas and everything because they they have to own their own vehicles and they're getting paid not a whole lot of money. So it was just my school board's whack. My well, wait a minute, whack. your bus drivers for the school district are in charge of their own buses. So this is what's wild. This is what's wild about. I think half of our drivers in my area own their own buses and they're required to do the maintenance and they they get a little bitty amount of money towards that like for oil changes tire change brakes fix the seats whatever um it used to be a hundred percent i'm pretty sure it was like a hundred percent owned them and they've been transitioning slowly but the majority of the bus drivers that are solid and stable that have been in it for a while that are really good own their own buses yeah so it's it, it's a big um i've never heard of that i mean i mean granted I've, I've grown up born and raised in the in this you know part of texas where it's small town usa and you know about an hour outside of houston I don't, I've never heard that. Is that a common, do you know if that's a common thing where, where school districts have basically like, cause my father, my father's a truck driver. So he's an independent mm-hmm. truck driver, right? He has his truck. He's yeah. in charge of the diesel and the tires and everything. That sounds like a similar thing. Yeah, it is. It is. So a, a few pair, like we don't have counties. We have what's called a parish and, um, only a couple of them have owner operator bus drivers like mm. that. And they're just kind they're of screwing them over like that. Right now, I think so. I do, I do, and especially with like they have all this COVID money, which was stupid. You know, if they wore the mask, they get the money. They didn't do nothing with it, and they're like stiff arming the teachers, stiff arming the janitors, they're stiff arming everybody, and they're just holding on to this money for what? Like I have no idea. They're just being really greedy, and it's it's not right. And you're so you're still in the. Go ahead. I'm still involved in my area. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. And you're still you still live by there or around there, and you're still involved. Mm -hmm. What? What I guess what moves can you make now that you're not necessarily because you're not employed by them anymore? You're not working in that industry at the moment. You're literally, and we'll get into that, an, an entrepreneur, business minded, Mexicano at heart. You know, you're out there, started <laughs> your own construction company. But what do you think you could do to help while not working there anymore? So, what I've noticed is a lot of people, in the, and as time goes by, people are still kind of hearing about me and what I did and what happened to me. And I've kind of grown a, a, an audience in my community. And a lot of people, it, what I did brought awareness and me getting fired. Um, and for those listening, I'm in St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana. I'm north of uh, what's called Orleans Parish. I'm north of New Orleans, Louisiana, about a 45-minute drive. And just the local community has started really forming little groups. And we got mom groups. We've got um, like activism groups. We've got a Louisiana Save Our Schools group. A lot has gone on since me getting fired. And, um, I've just been, if, if somebody needs something shared, I kind of share it. If somebody wants me to uh, help promote something, I help promote it. Cause I have an audience. I have a lot of people that follow it and watch what I'm doing. And I just try to support little, these grassroots micro movements that are going on, but they're affecting the macro level picture. Right. And then I'm trying to, I'm trying to affect the macro level picture too. Um, it's a little difficult right now cause I do have my own business now and I'm always working. It's, it's like a whole different dynamic. Um, but that's just that's what I'm doing, and if I can affect the state at the state level, I'm I'm down for that. You know, I've talked to uh, state representatives and senators, and I've stayed very active. In fact, more more active because since I've been given a voice to just 
continue doing what I already did, but now people are listening. I'm continuing to do, um, I'm continuing to open my mouth. Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah, and you can't be fired up. anymore, you know? They, they, no, they, they can't, can't shackle me. you to anything. Yeah, is my boss going to fire me? No, I am my own boss. Yeah, unless you really piss yourself off. You're like, you know what? Now it's costing me money in my own business. Let me take it back. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, when you started speaking out, were you very politically active in any other way? No. No, I right? was just teaching. I was saving up money. I was like trying to buy, like saving up to buy a second house so I could have a rental house. I wasn't trying to go speak up and stir up junk. I mean, I was just fed up with the BS that was happening at my workplace. I don't want to work in an environment like that and watch the kids get basically peer pressured into believing things that are not true. And it's it's so it happens so much that even right now, you know, I talk with parents still to this like all the time. I don't have kids of my own, but I always talk to parents and they tell me, oh, my kid came home and said they were scared because they thought daddy was going to get drafted for the war in Ukraine. I said, who told you that? Oh, my um, my six year old found out by her teacher. Why is her teacher saying that the dad's going to get drafted? That's not even true. If that did happen, I think your dad's a little too old for the draft anyway. It's like, <laughs> what? It's just, it's wild the stuff that teachers say to kids and then the kids believe it. And then they go home and take that garbage and the parents are like, how do I undo all this brainwashing? So, so how did you, how did you ease your way into, because once you initially made that big splash with your, um, it was a school board meeting, right? Where you played uh, some CRT audio, was it? Refresh my memory what it was. Yeah, yeah. So it was a program called Brain Pop. And they've actually, they've actually restructured their website and a lot of things because so many subscriptions were canceled mm. <laughs> after parents found out about the schools quit using it. Um, even in Arizona, I talked to some parents out there. A mom approached me at a Turning Point event and said, hey, we, we canceled Brain Pop because of your video. I said, oh, uh, good, I think. Great, good job. That's amazing. So, so what, were yeah. parents, what did parents think Brain Pop was? And then what did your uh, appearance at that school board meeting actually show them? So Brain Pop, if you're not familiar with it, you just maybe think it's a video program that shows um, how a wheel spins. What is kinetic energy? Photosynthesis. A plant gets sun, uh, energy, oxygen, all that kind mm. of stuff. But what they didn't know is that Brain Pop is woke as hell. They show <laughs> videos about the transgenders, the queers. No um, way. Don't call a kid a he or a she. Call your friend a, a they, them, because you don't know what gender they are, so you don't want to offend anybody. Uh, they had the CRT videos where they're talking about black kids are more likely to be shot by police. And it's just it's sad because when I brought that video up, the one about the police are more likely to kill black people, shoot black people. We have a black cop at the event at the school board meeting. Mm -hmm. And it's like, is, is this guy just going to go run around shooting black people? Because, I mean, he's black, too. So why are kids in our area having access to this and y'all are paying for the subscriptions? So what was the, when oh. that, when that happened and parents started catching on to it, what, what for you was like that big turning point, as they say, where you were like, oh man, what I just did is going to create a huge ripple. When the video got, it was like a couple weeks later, it got 10 million views on TikTok, like in a day and a half. And then it got banned off of TikTok. It's like getting on Fox news. It's all over the place. Um, there's people calling my school. There's people calling the school board. Uh, there's people at Walmart pulling me over like, hey, are you Jonathan Copel? Uh, there's people like, who wants to know? Yeah, right, right. Are you a friend? <laughs> yeah, or a foe. <laughs> I still get that. I'm like, yeah, I'm that guy. Are you, Maybe. Are you friendly? Maybe. Do you need a deck Maybe. or a fence made? Like, <laughs> how can I help you? My quotes yeah, so, are fair. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, yeah, when that started happening, I realized it was a big deal. And I, I started getting contacted from people all over the country with their situations. And I'm like, hey, just, just grow a pair of balls and stand up and somebody's got to do it. Might as well be you. If it's got to be me, I'll take the bullet. Yeah. You know, I'll be the first one. Take the arrows. Gotta, yeah, yeah. Y'all got y'all to gotta fall in line. So just seeing that national, that ripple effect really... Um, it was a big deal. It lit a fire under your ass for sure, because you haven't been quiet <laughs> since. You know, uh, granted, you're probably a li- little less active from time to time, like from Monday to Friday or something, because you are running your own business now. But all, all in all, you are putting a lot of content. A lot of people are watching it. The eyes are still on you. So when you started making a splash in what was local politics and then turned into a national conversation, how did you know how to? <clears throat> excuse me. How did you know how to navigate that, or did you just kind of? throw stuff at the wall, see what stuck? Or did you seek out some guidance of like, hey, I'm starting to build, you know, this platform. I'm talking about things in an industry or in a career that I had that I was passionate about. But then when you start getting to that national level, what do you, what do you, what guidance are you finding that is like, all right, I'm gonna take a step here, you know, turning point over there or prayer you or how do you start navigating that? So I am by nature, trailblazer right but mm-hmm. I, I need guidance just like anybody else so i right. had friends that had worked in the marketing space for social media marketing and you know i was like how many times do you guys post a day with the accounts you manage and they were like three times four times like oh my god i'm not gonna do that what's the minimum i can do i'll just post once a day twice a day sometimes maybe once or twice on the weekend so for, as far as social media is just you know posting uh, as you know once a day kind of thing but just being real and most people don't tell you to be you. They say, well, what are the talking points? And just keep regurgitating what everybody else is saying. Right. I'm not into that because that's what everybody else is doing. Anybody can go read a headline and just spit that headline out. But I've got a, maybe a different angle that I want to put on it or maybe put some words. Obviously, I'm talking about the same topics, but I want to put it in my own words from a Southeast Louisiana person, right. some Cajun down to Bayou. Like, that's how I'm doing it. Um with the media stuff, I just knew in my head, I said, let me make sure that I take advantage of every opportunity um, that I find worth my while to like jump on a podcast like with you guys or do a little Zoom media interview, talk with like uh, Real America's Voice, talk with whoever, like uh, Newsmax. Like, let me just take advantage of all of it and just keep going um, and j- just make those connections and just keep going because you don't really get that opportunity all the time. Right. And so I, I just tried to stay level-headed, um, not let anything really pump me up. I'm still a regular dude. Like, I'm not no superstar by yeah. no means. So just keeping my head level was really important. And then just, like, um, just being real. Just being real and being the same person. That was That's that's the most important thing, I think. Just Absolutely. Be, be you Authenticity, transparency, for sure. And then when it came to the actual politics of it, how did you navigate what you were going to actually shine light on and how you could go about it to where it wouldn't kind of go over people's head? You know, they'd actually be with you. They'd be focused on what you're saying and they'd follow you wherever that, you know, was going. Yeah. So my, my biggest thing is concrete evidence. I need to have something that's can't be disputed because a lot of times people say things, but they don't have nothing to back it up. So that was the most important thing. And when I bring up the concrete evidence, when I brought it up originally, like at that first meeting and then the other school board meetings, it's impossible to refute it because there it is. It's like these, it's almost like watching a video of somebody, um, you see it at the gas station, you know, it's like somebody shoots somebody, a little drive by and then they go to court. I didn't do it. You're on the video yeah. shooting this car. Is that not you? Oh, well, that's, that's not me. You can't prove it's me. That's you. Like it's you. So yeah. sometimes 
can't refute the evidence. And that was a big deal. Just concrete evidence and then putting things into easy to understand language. I'm right. not a big, like big word kind of guy. I'm educated. I got a master's degree, MBA, international business. But most people use layman terms on a regular basis. So on the daily, it's important to just make things as simple as possible that are easy to understand and have that concrete evidence to back it up. Yeah, I think that's what uh, what we try to do here. And Shingo does a really good job of doing that because he's, you know, from hip hop artist to comedian and entertainer, he has a way of conveying a message that his audience who once was a fan and maybe wasn't for a while and then started coming around again, or those that are already fans, but also extremely politically involved or at least engaged in, in media like this. He has a really good way of doing it, right? Whereas I might use too many words and too big words and try to go too deep into the conversation where people are like, whoa, whoa, hold up, bro. I need Chingo to explain this part. You can get back to another part, which is fine. But you're right. Like, it's really important for you to be able to do that. Um, did, did you catch any, like, heat from people in your immediate circle? Okay. I kind of, I don't think we asked Absolutely. you. Absolutely. We didn't ask you, I don't think at all about that last time. But what happened to your personal life when that all, like, broke? So, like, some people that, you know, I was in the circle with that I spent time with did stuff with they just ghosted me they didn't want nothing to do with me because I was all of a sudden a controversial a very controversial person just my presence brought up controversy so if I showed up to like a like a hangout little party or whatever it's like oh is that who invited him like isn't he the guy that was on t didn't he say something about the genders or whatever <laughs> and you know BLM has a, a right to protest and he he hates BLM I'm like well like I kind of do so a lot of people just disassociated with me. Um, I had to kind of stop with a couple organizations I was involved with because they didn't want, it's like, hey, look, we like you, we like what you're doing, but it's a big controversy for some people and we don't want to offend everybody. And I'm like, whatever, like, I get it. I, I We're all different. I think you're silly. I think this is dumb, but I'll respect you guys. And that happened. And some people hit me up on the internet, like on social media, people that I haven't seen in a while, but that I... I thought were friends of mine. If I saw them, I would say hello and shake a hand, give them a hug. Totally bash me. Like as if I was doing this for the money, for some kind of publicity stunt, when there was never a thought of publicity, money, or anything. I, I haven't gotten paid for anything. People think I'm making money. Like I'm, I'm making money with my construction company because right. I couldn't get a job. Nobody would hire me. I applied everywhere. And you're thinking COVID, everybody needs a good employee. Here I am, got a bachelor's degree in Spanish. I speak a multilingual. I even speak a little bit of Italian. And then I got the MBA in international business. So I'm applying for consulting. I'm applying for everything. Management, um, can't work in education in my area because I'm not hireable, but just all kind. nobody would hire me. I couldn't even land an interview. Not even a same, not even like a phone call preliminary interview. That's so, unbelievable, dude. Yeah, that's why I went into construction. I was like, you know what? I'll just do like my Mexican homeboys and I'll be the <laughs> cholo out here. I got my nail gun compressor and I speak English. Dude, what they going to do? You could have doubled up on the amount of, uh, I don't know, potential revenue by just having a GoPro on you and just creating a character, just creating content while you're actually doing work, you know? I'm, I'm actually thinking about doing that, but it's hard. That is the end of the teaser. All right, if you want the whole enchilada, the full shebang, that's strictly for the patrons, we're hitting y'all with more premium content. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales and get full access to all of the shows, all of the content, and all the premium exclusives. All right, see you there, patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. Sas.